Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scorse and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great. So we're kind of in an interesting moment here, historically, in the U.S., where Juneteenth just became a federal holiday. Biden just signed it into law last week, and actually it was celebrated on Friday, June 18th, a day before the official holiday, which since it fell on a Saturday, the 19th was... uh, was celebrated on that Friday. And what's particularly interesting is that there was minimal GOP opposition. You know, so now we have a true Independence Day holiday, federal holiday in America. And again, although there was minimal Republican pushback against this, um, there was, of course, on, you know, the fringes of the right, and, and, you know, the, the right-wing propaganda media. And, you know, the stuff in opposition, it was pretty weak. But the one kind of angle that some people on the right picked up was that somehow this new holiday would, some, would supplant or replace July 4th. And, you know, we can't have two Independence Day holidays. And, and what's ironic about this is, you know, grievance for the far right it works best when you tell the white supremacists that they're being replaced. There's nothing the white supremacists fear more than being replaced. And so we have a new Independence Day holiday that's going to replace July 4th, as if people can't celebrate two holidays um, in the summer. Kind of strange. But anyway, you know, didn't catch on too much. You know, the right wing tries, you know, but they... uh, They pretty much failed on this one. And I think this again shows that culturally, the left has won so unanimously, so thoroughly, hands down, no argument, culturally, the left is ascendant. Now, the right continues to yield disproportionate political and economic power, but their cultural power really has never been lower. And again, you saw that where, you know, every Republican in the Senate voted for the Juneteenth and and the overwhelming majority in the House because they didn't want to come out against, you know, a holiday celebrating the end of slavery. 20, 30 years ago, maybe, but not not in 2021. And so, you know, now that we have this new federal holiday celebrating freedom from slavery or true freedom, right, because there is no freedom if you're obviously enslaved, so freedom, a true holiday celebrating freedom, I think it's worth taking a moment to consider what the concept of freedom actually means, because it's very, very different for the right and left in America, and the difference in how the right and left talk about freedom, use the kind of iconography and symbolism of freedom, goes to show some, I think, kind of perennial issues between the right and left, and also some weaknesses on the left in terms of filling these voids that the right wing is all too eager to fill. So let's start with the right here. For the right, 
for your rabid kind of right-wing base in the United States, which more and more is almost overlapped perfectly with the Republican Party, freedom basically boils down to white people being able to do whatever the fuck it is that they want to do without any consequences. And so I just want to be clear that this is really what freedom means for the right wing. And when you understand this, right, when you cut through all the bullshit, you cut through the flag waving, you cut through the give me liberty or give me death, for the right wing, for the hardcore base of the right wing, it means white people get to do what the hell they want, no consequences, no accountability. So when you see right wingers waving flags and yelling and screaming and yelling and chanting freedom, what they're really saying is white people rule and we get to do what we want. That's why they're so energized about it, because it's this bravado, it's this dominance, it's freedom for me and not you, right? And so once you understand that, it really puts why... You know, the placement of freedom in the right's kind of iconography so high because freedom and white supremacy are equivalent to the right wing. Now, of course, they don't know this. They don't, or at least most of them are not aware of this. They think there's something more noble. But if you get down to the core, freedom and white supremacy are two sides of the same coin for the hardcore right wing. And so how do we know this? Well, let's start with the founding documents, the Constitution. They enshrine white supremacy and slavery into the fabric of the country's DNA. And this is what the right wing worships, right? The founding fathers are, you know, are Jesus incarnate. And they are the ones that enshrined white supremacy into our founding documents. Now, ask yourself, what could say more forcefully that white people can do whatever they want to do than saying black people are only worth three-fifths of a human, right? If you're literally defining in your founding documents that black people are less than fully human, that is white supremacy definitionally. Now, let's just fast forward, right? Because obviously things have changed. There's been amendments that outlawed slavery. We've had Voting Rights Act. So, you know, clearly America is not where it was and you know, the late 18th century, and certainly the concept of freedom has expanded over the centuries. So let's fast forward to the 21st century, these first two decades. And what is it that the right has really used as an expression of freedom? Well, let's think. They can, we can torture whoever it is we want and forget international law, forget norms, right? The right wing in the early 2000s was the pro-torture party. The freedom to torture. Then how did it morph in more recently, right? The the Bundy militia movement. We can refuse to pay the federal government to graze our cattle on public land. We are free to take the public resources and not pay. And let's go even a step farther. We are free to hold up federal property and threaten federal government officials with impunity. That's what freedom means to the militia movement, which is merging with the right wing more and more every day. Even more basic, think about the one thing that really the right wing has gone to the mat for these last two decades is the freedom to have virtually unlimited access to firearms with the most minimal of restrictions. 
You can have basically machine guns, semi-automatic weapons. You can have open carry. You can have unlimited numbers of guns. You don't even need to get background checks if you buy it off a friend or at a gun show. So, I mean, there is nothing, almost nothing. Remember, George Bush got rid of the ban on assault weapons. And since then, we have passed no meaning federal le- meaningful federal le- regulation on guns in almost 20 years. A couple tiny little things in the margin. But if you match that with the, the Republican states just, you know, radically increasing the right to far- firearms, that's what freedom means to them, right? Freedom to have guns, lots of them, in public with no regulations or at least very minimal regulations and restrictions. What is it even, what's fast forward even again, even to the last year? What does freedom mean for the right? What have they got incensed about? What have they got really intense about? The freedom to refuse to wear masks in the middle of a pandemic, right? The freedom to spread deadly viruses to your fellow citizens that will maim and kill them. Fast forward the last few months, the freedom to stage an insurrection on the Capitol. Because again, according to the right wing, it wasn't the Trump supporters who did this. It was, you know, this was tourism. This was legitimate. Now it's the FBI, it's Antifa, so they can't really make up their mind. But at the end of the day, the reason that they haven't gotten so angry about it is because it was white people. It was almost 100% white people murder and mayhem and storming the Capitol. But as long as it's white people, it can't be that bad. And again, remember, I've said this many times on the podcast, but just imagine if those the exact same actions exact same words, exact same props, exact same hang Mike Pence, but it was black people instead of white people. Can you imagine what the right wing would be calling for? I mean, they would be calling for the death penalty. They would be calling for rounding up these people's families. I mean, the fact that the right wing has been so blase, they even blocked the commission. I mean, think about that. The Republican Party, the right wing, blocked an investigation into the insurrection. That is the freedom for white people to do whatever the fuck they want and get away with it with minimal to no accountability. And then the most recent, of course, is all this canceling of, you know, teaching of slavery and racism under the guise of critical race theory. But it's basically, you know, white supremacist Republicans, the right wing base, which again are all synonymous because it is a white supremacist movement trying to take education about racism and slavery out of you know, our education system. That's their freedom, right? The freedom to choose what you get to learn and your children get to learn in school, right? It's just incredible, right? So, for, so despite all the talk of freedom from the right wing, it's clear that their conception is quite thin and quite authoritarian. It's really not about exercising liberty but about escaping accountability or having any responsibility at all for the public good. So the right wing's view of freedom is perverse and distorted, and it's something the country needs to jettison ASAP. I mean, this perverted form of freedom is just toxic, right? The freedom to maim, torture, suppress, and kill is not a type of freedom we should be proud of. So we want to talk about what the left's version of freedom is, which is op freedom is, which is a lot more affirmative, and we'll get to that right after this break. Oh God, I was a prisoner too. Yeah, 
Okay, so let's talk about the left's version of freedom. Progressives, as expected, have a much more expansive and affirmative view of freedom. Right? Freedom is much more equated with opportunity and equality, freedom to pursue one's dreams, freedom from discrimination and persecution and oppression, freedom from want and deprivation, which naturally leads to social welfare policy. The freedom to get a good education without discrimination is a lot different than the freedom to carry guns openly in public. The left's version of freedom demands things of the body politic. It's the opposite of leave us alone so we can do whatever we want. It's we must all work together to guarantee basic freedoms for all. Now, this is somewhat paradoxical, this vision, right? Because in order for society to be truly free in this more expansive and affirmative sense, we need strong government policies that set up the, set up the structures that make this possible. So this is a, a, a reminder of the perennial problem here, that, which is that the right wing has a much more easier mission, right? Since white power has always been the dominant power in America, what the right wants is nothing more than preserving the status quo. Right? Once you understand that the, white, the, the right wing in America, the Republican Party, the conservative movement, is a white grievance cult in the service of plutocracy, they just want to keep things as much the same as possible because that preserves white power and white plutocracy. And this is, by the way, as this little side note, this is why Republicans absolutely love the current situation with the filibuster. Because remember, all they care about is tax cuts for the rich and then judicial appointments that can then preserve the power of the white plutocracy. And so they can pass that in the Senate with 50 votes. Through budget reconciliation, 50 votes, not a single Democratic vote. They passed the 2017 tax giveaway to the rich under Trump. And with 50 votes, they can pass, uh, you know, um, confirm all judges all the way up to the Supreme Court. So the entire Republican agenda can be passed through a majority, a simple majority in the Senate. It's all the complicated stuff, right, around immigration, climate change, guns, sexism, racism, voting rights. These are the things that are the more affirmative views of freedom, Right, the things that the left really wants to do, these require 60 votes, and the right wing doesn't care about them at all. Right, the right wing doesn't care if we never pass another immigration law, or never pass another gun safety law. They'll be happy, right? So the multiracial, just, equitable America that the left wants requires this much deeper version of freedom, right? And this, in some way, explains why the left has allowed the right to dominate the language around the concept, right? Because it's hard to explain, you know, subtle, complex processes, whereas just leave me alone and let me do whatever I want. It's an easy thing to explain. It's an easy thing to relate to. And sadly, for many Americans, it resonates, Right? A lot of Americans have this very minimalist concept of freedom. Now, of course, they get government benefits and they get Medicare and they would, you know, they would hate to live in a world where government wasn't regulating the food and you know, building roads. But at least in their simplistic minds where they don't realize all the good things government is doing for them, the kind of leave me alone, let me do what I want is an easy sell. Right? 
But I think it's a mistake for the left to see this space and let this minimalist version of freedom that the right um, perpetuates become the dominant one, right? Because if you let the right dominate the discourse, it puts you on the defense. And so while the left's view, the progressive's view of freedom is hard to put on a bumper sticker, I think it'd be good if we tried a little harder to articulate what our version of freedom looks like. And again, I don't mean make a huge messaging campaign about this. I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be, we don't have to overthink it, but I think just try a little bit harder. And so I'll make an attempt at that after the break when I come back with the antidote. Okay, so for the antidote today, I want to repeat that just because we can't make simple slogans and our vision of America is more complex, that doesn't mean we should cede the ground entirely to the right wing. And so while for many on the left, including myself, you know, we don't feel naturally comfortable using the language that so easily becomes jingoistic, you know, freedom, patriotism, USA, you know, and we, 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 we feel uncomfortable about it because we see where the right takes it. But I don't think that means we should give up that language entirely. Because again, the vacuums we leave are easily filled by some of society's worst actors. So I think about, you know, the two types of freedoms that are most important to me. You know, I've thought about those. And I think they are freedom from violence and freedom from toxic pollution. Right? Because without these two freedoms... Life is pretty shitty, right? If you know, it's hard to live a good life when you're being poisoned and when you regularly feel fear for your safety, right? So I think these freedoms are more important than the freedom for someone to own automatic rifles or a company to pollute the air and water with acute chemicals. So this is a battle of freedoms, right? These are mutually exclusive. You know, my freedom and right to clean air or clean environment means that that company is not allowed, is not permitted to emit those toxic chemicals. And their, quote, freedom is restricted. And my right, my freedom to live, walk around society without being fearful of being gunned down by some lunatic requires some, you know, curtailment of the right for anyone to have unlimited firearms. And so I think, you know, I think I can articulate those pretty well, right? I think, you know, if, if someone's being rah-rah freedom, I can say, hey, I want freedom from gun violence. I want freedom from toxic pollution, you know? And I think I can make the case. So my point here is that, you know, maybe just think about what your, maybe your thing is freedom from discrimination or freedom, you know, to pursue an education or freedom, you know, to... You know, for, for, for your kids to, you know, have, be able to, you know, take any, you know, be in any field that they want, whatever it is. But how would you articulate that? How would you articulate it against someone who's just waving their flag 
uncontrollably saying, you know, leave, I want the freedom to do whatever I want and leave me alone. And I think it, it's good to kind of articulate this a little because we're going to come up against this, right? We really are in a, in a kind of a battle for the conceptions of the basics, right? Right, right now, the right wing in America just doesn't even agree on the basics. They don't believe in democracy. They don't believe in the social welfare state. They don't even believe in a basic kind of civility where people can walk around without the fear of violence, right? And so um, I think it's important that we we think about this language and you know and use it in your conversation, right? Don't be afraid to use the word freedom um, just because the right is the one that dominated. Um, so that's all I have for you today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Rate it. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And with that, everybody, I hope you have a great rest of the week and a start to the summer. With the summer solstice behind us, we've got the longest days of the year, and uh, it's going to be a great summer as the pandemic wanes and we... Uh, get back to some semblance of normalcy. So everybody, take care, be well.